Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are going over the stress and rest lines of Enneagram Type 7, but first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I updated my fall wardrobe, which I haven't done anything like that in so long. I think I got some like loungewear a few months ago, but like in terms of like getting clothes that I feel really good in, I haven't really bought anything. I do like a rental thing for my clothes a lot of the time, and so I don't really buy, I don't shop. <laughs> and so it felt really special. My thorn is that I have overbooked myself for like three weeks straight, and then I have a trip, and my body's pissed at me, honestly. That's too much. We're learning. It's a growth edge. Nah, I could have done less. My bud is that I do get to buy a plane ticket this week, and that is always a good day. Any other Enneagram 7s out there? No. Plane ticket day is a good day. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hello, Type 7s and those who care about them. Let's talk about the lines of the Enneagram when it comes to you specifically. So as a reminder, there are two lines moving to and from your number on the Enneagram. One line moves to where you go in stress for Type 7, that's Type 1, and one moves to where you go in rest for 7, that is 5. Let's talk about what that can look like. So for some signs that we are stressed out, for every type, the initial sign that we are stressed is that we've tightened our grip using our primary type structure. So for type seven, that means becoming increasingly rationalistic, which sounds good. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so rational. But what we really mean when we're talking about this is that it's being able to find good reasons to do whatever that is that you want to do. Like, that's the deal. It's like you can rationalize any behavior. Now, if this strategy isn't sufficient or when <laughs> this strategy is inevitably adds stress to their life, type sevens can begin to feel the pressure of an average type one. What does this look like? So type seven never really turns into a type one. They only exhibit one like behaviors through the type seven lens. So they can get into comparison. Like, am I better or worse than others? I've read it as like sevens compare mostly around limitations, 
But I don't know that I would even say that. I think that I can get Compari even in a moralistic way, like a type one, or Compari in the way of how much freedom I'm allowed to have. But typically we hear that sevens focus on comparison in terms of deprivation. How much are they able to do versus how much am I able to do? I know that I've caught up I've gotten really caught up myself in comparing myself to like those who are able to travel full time or like that van life Instagram account. You know, that's where I tend to do most of my comparing or my feelings of like jealousy kind of arise from that. We can become controlling and have too high of standards. In my experience, there's also this thing with like the high energy that we have as type sevens where we feel like there's always so much to do. I can do so many things. I always have endless, you know, the belief that we have endless energy paired with the high standards of a type one means that burnout is really easy to do because we think, oh, I can maintain this high level of energy and these high standards, and that's exhausting. I'm going to read for you a description from the Wisdom of the Enneagram verbatim because it made me feel so seen and a little bit creeped out. It says, sevens become aware that they need to focus their energies if they want to accomplish things. They begin to feel the need to restrain themselves like an average one. They begin to work harder, feeling that they alone can do the job properly and attempt to impose limits on their behaviors. In effect, they force themselves to stay on track while quickly becoming frustrated with these structures and limitations. They may get either more restless and scattered or more self-controlled and rigid, in which case their usual vivaciousness can give way to a grim seriousness. Y'all know how sometimes the Enneagram is just so creepy? This is one of those times for me where I'm like, where are you? Like, how are you watching me <laughs> and documenting my life? The other thing that can happen here for our sevens moving to stress is that they can take the stance of educator, becoming kind of preachy or like know-it-all-y. Now, the high side of this move, Helen Palmer calls it moral dedication, and I really like that phrasing. It's essentially like a grounding sense of just doing the right thing, working toward the greater good. Also using that move to one, they're more able to commit and not look for ways out of the things that they've agreed to do. In this place, pleasure comes from the feeling of tying up loose ends versus getting ideas started. So it balances out the seven natural tendency to start but not finish. This is a way that type sevens can use intentional and healthy constraints. How can I limit myself so that I can do more of what I wanna do? We are getting into a season of that over here. You'll hear about it tomorrow. I keep alluding to it. We'll, we'll get to it. Then the other thing to think about here is daily routines versus kind of overly perfecting. So like the healthy side of this move is can look like just implementing some structure and some routine into your daily life so that you're able to do more of what you want to do. So they're like kind of a healthy little box that you can flow inside of. We're going to take a quick break to hear from today's podcast sponsor and then we'll get into our rest. Today's podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. The best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. We get our cars tuned to prevent bigger issues down the road. You saw this one coming. We get annual checkups and go to the gym to maintain physical wellness and prevent injury and disease. We do chores regularly, some of us, to avoid a giant mess of a house and roaches. Going to therapy is like all of the above. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. 
Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Type fives. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not in your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Enneagram and Coffee listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash egram. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash egram. Thank you, BetterHelp, for supporting the podcast. Now, let's look at what rest can look like. When type 7s feel at rest... At ease, safe, they move to type five. They withdraw into themselves to make decisions. It's a tool that you can use when having to make a choice to evaluate your options and decide on your path forward. I do this every week, every quarter, every month. It's where I go in, I hole up and I listen to myself and I ask myself really good questions and I think about where we're going, what we need and what are our priorities right now. It's a chance to center and focus on What are the priorities at play instead of spreading yourself so thin? It can really help our naturally scattered mind to pause, gain clarity, and dedicate to the path forward. At this place also, the seven learns to quiet their mind, stay with sensation enough to really experience the present moment. They can go deep into one subject instead of spreading their knowledge very thin, and they release charm as a defense mechanism, allowing themselves to be authentically who they are. Now, the low side of this move when this doesn't really serve us is we can kind of use that sense of like, okay, I can rest here. I don't have to constantly entertain myself so I can be alone with my thoughts and enjoy my own company. That's a great way to do this. But then that can go a little too far and we start keeping people out, you know, boxing people out, putting really strong boundaries up. We become uncomfortable with the needs of others. I wouldn't say this is necessarily low, but it can be confusing for the people in your life. Like if they're used to you being super social, super energetic, always willing, like always up for the next fun thing. When you start to be more present and more still, you start to really listen to your energy levels. These are really beautiful things for a type seven to do, but it can actually kind of look like depression, right? Because it's like, wow, you're like isolating yourself, you're home all the time. And so the Enneagram for me, I will say, was really helpful to have the language to say, actually, this is a really good thing for me. This feels really healthy. But there's always a limit of where that has gone too far, where you now you're isolating yourself for real. They may hide their negative emotions. So I think about myself growing up and how I always kind of had a spot. Like I would go to be alone. Maybe it was by a lake. Maybe it was like a certain pocket in my house. And I did this. I mean, I kind of, I guess, still do this. But a place where I can go to just kind of hide out. So if I feel sad, I go there and I sit there and I feel my feelings or, you know, cry or whatever I need to do and then go back to the party. So this used to happen all the time. Like in college, I would be out with friends. I would have like, be like trying to avoid a negative emotion. 
I would go to my little quiet spot, feel my feelings, then go back and be with my friends. And no one ever knew anything was wrong. And that was one of the loneliest feelings in the world to just everybody to think that everything is fine, but you to actually be going through a lot. And I think that this is kind of, I think of like how fives hide their emotions and hide the truth of how they're feeling. And I think sevens hide the truth of their negative emotions. The other thing is that sevens can oftentimes use this as a recovery for overdoing. So instead of moderating how much they're exporting, they're actually just doing, 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 doing until they crash and then going to that five space to recover and retreat. My husband and I talk about this, like, are you buying this plane ticket as an escape or are you buying this plane ticket like intentionally because this is what you want to be doing. This is where you want to be going. There's a big difference there, right? One is like, I absolutely, like I'm desperate for rest. And so now I feel like I have to go do this thing to feel better versus I feel like doing this thing would contribute to my life in a positive way, proactively, not reactively. So let's break down how I use this. When stressed out, type sevens find themselves at the lower side of type one. In this mode, you may find that you are becoming overly strict with yourself and with others, placing high expectations for what you can produce and what you can expect from the people in your life. The process can either cause you to rebel against your own expectations, becoming even more scattered and flaky, or you may find yourself deeping into the rigidity and becoming more and more rigid and serious, losing the light, happy nature that you are used to. When you start to notice this come up in you, you have the tools you need to care for yourself. Using the high side of type five, you can swap discipline in for strategy. Focus on your top priorities, deepen your knowledge on a single topic, and enjoy time alone with your thoughts. Learning to not fill your time with constant entertainment will give you the depth of self-care that you need in order to move through stress and with more ease. In the same way that you can use the self-sufficient and informed aspects of type five, you can also accidentally slip into the lower side of that number. This can look like flaking on responsibilities, cutting people out of your life when they bring negative emotions into your space, and getting lost in your thoughts. In the same way that type fives can escape into fantasy, type sevens can get carried away and daydreaming about future joy instead of dealing with today's reality. This is where it's helpful to bring in the high side of type one. Enlist a strong sense of right and wrong to run your decisions through. It can also be incredibly helpful to create structure and discipline for yourself to put action to all of your great ideas. All right, friends, I hope this was helpful in your understanding of self and others. If you enjoyed today's episode and you have just a minute, it means the world to me if you go leave a rating and review on iTunes. It is kind of like giving us like a tip. Like if you're giving a street performer a tip, it's like, hey, good job. I appreciate the work that you're doing. And as always, it's such a joy to create this content for you. I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.